Thunder Media. On this episode of Inside Motorsport, we hear from a driver that has had a lot of headlines about how she's coming back to racing. In this interview, we hear what it's been like to be racing again. Renee Gracie joins us on the show. I hope you'll stay with us. Welcome to Inside Motorsport, Tony Whitlock. I'm here at Phillip Island. It's the second round of the GT Championship, and I'm with Renee Gracie. And of course, for somebody who, uh, while she'd been in motorsport for a while, because it was go-karts first, Renee, welcome to Inside Motorsport. We did talk to you some years ago, but it wasn't for a podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me back. Interesting career you've had. You've obviously been very high profile in a line of business that we're not here to talk about. But motorsport was a love that you obviously started in when you were how old? 13, in go-karts is where it 13. all began. Yeah. And, and without putting too high a number on it, it that's 15 years ago. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yes. all right. And so go-karting around Australia... Yes, competitively doing all the national state titles and at the time I was doing the Rotax Pro Tour so I was following that around nationally competing in that series. Okay, of course you use the pit crew of uh, father? Yes, yes dad. I did have a mechanic towards the end because my ability far far outweighed dad's at one stage so I did have a mechanic step in in the last two years. It wasn't that his ability had had sort of been lost, it was the fact that yours was it. Kept on improving. Mine kept going, and his yeah. his his got stagnant. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So now, after six years away from the sport, you've now returned to it. Yes. And Perth was your first time back in the seat and in an Audi. Yes. And a fast little car and. Mm-hmm. You like to drive? Yes, it was it was good. Fastest car I've ever been in, obviously, with aero and grip and all these fun new buttons and all these new abilities that it has in regards to traction and ABS and, and all the driver support. So it was a very, very good introduction. It's a great car. Still to this day, I, after all the time that I've spent in it now, I've, I've got no complaints about it. It's a really confidence-boosting, friendly car to, to, to be racing in. And I guess with so much time out of the car, it's, it's a perfect car to jump back in after a six-year break. So, in fact, in, in talking about racing cars, that you were um, longer out of the seat than you were in the seat in the five years that you competed in both Career Cup and the Development Series. Yes. And then those main games when you were racing. Did you do two years with Simone Sylvester? I did, yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, and Bathurst 1000s. Paul Taylor, who's team managing you. You uh, came to Mark Griffiths. You'd met him through the Gold Coast sort of thing? Yeah, so I was uh, doing an Aussie racing car race actually out at Winton. Um, And I had to do a few races or five races or something to get my licence marked off so I could go do Carrera Cup the following year. So we were doing an Aussie racing car round. And I remember, I think my door fell off and something happened. And I think Mark was caught up in the 12 or 15 cars that went through turn one at Winton when my door fell off. Um, and not long after, he came up and found the car with the door that had fallen off and it happened to be me. So we just got chatting and his whole family was there and his daughters were there. And he was someone who was just really helpful in the beginning. I was obviously just by myself and first time in a car straight out of a go-kart. And um, he was really supportive and really nice. And we've kept in contact ever since. And yeah, all these years later, now we're here. The trucking magnate of South Queensland. Yes, yes. Right, okay. So Mark Griffiths um, had the car. Yes. And uh, Paul Taylor is your team manager. Um, Brief conversation with Paul talking about you getting back in the seat. And Mm -hmm. obviously it's an alien world, but one you knew. And I was interested to know how you in particular, but also Paul in managing, 
uh, reignited the memories back there and those things which, you know, race drivers, as you know, do a lot of them on reflex. You don't even think about it. You've just done something and that's the way it works. How did you reignite those sort of things in you? I was a bit concerned about that. I was interested to know and concerned about how much maybe I had lost or how much I had forgotten about. But it's this weird thing that once everything comes flowing back and you start to have, you know, the weeks in the lead up, you start to talk about things and you talk about the race and you talk about the weekend. And then when you actually get to the track, you're talking about, right, what are we doing for practice one? And you start to talk about strategies and things just slowly start to come back to you. Stuff that you, you try to remember, but you can't until it's happening. Um, when I got out on track, it, so it did, it all sort of came back to me. Um, I think the biggest thing is obviously being in a car that was foreign. I hadn't r- driven before and I hadn't been in a car, or obviously for so long as well, but first time in it, it was just me thinking, right, I've got to remember all these things and how would I have done this all these years ago, six years ago, if I was getting in a new car? And you sort of force yourself to think about things and remember things. Um, it's just one of those things, I, it just comes back to you. You have the conversations, you get in the car, you've got to spend the time in the car and you just talk to people and you gather information and everything slowly sort of drip feeds back in weirdly enough you can never really forget it in some ways that gt was ideal in terms of you did have that very first session was a 45 minute session mm-hmm. yes. so you know you're out there you, to start off with you're just driving around yes correct and yep. you weren't putting speed into it or anything you're just going getting comfortable just with getting it. used to the car getting used to how it sounds and feels and just all the motions and remembering where the buttons were and the radio buttons are and you're just starting to get a feel for things how it feels when you're shifting gears if you might accidentally miss one going okay I remember what that feels like now and just overall senses I think are starting to kick in in regards to what you have to remember and what you have to remember to feel when you're back out there again it was very much so um, uh, a test to get everything that I needed to know sort of in the back of my mind to feel for and then obviously moving forward to the next practice session I ticked that off I knew what I had to do I knew what I had to remember and then we move on to the next stage and the next things that we have to work on which might have been tyres and feel and starting to push and actually not worry so much about the car but focus on myself next. I imagine, and, and I've never been a racing driver, but um, and well, I may have thought I wanted to be, but you know, <laughs> reality was I, I wanted to be a mechanic or an engineer. So. Um, I imagine that um, going to Wanneroo, um, first off, while there are lots of sand traps there, it's a relatively simple track. So mm-hmm. simple, in fact, that you can very easily get lost from first back to 21st in no time at all but uh, compared to say coming here to start with would have been more difficult because this is a testing track yes correct and I think that's why GT worked out so well and it was definitely a part part of the thought process in regards to when we start when we get back in what races we can attend and I think that's why Perth just worked out perfectly and why we pushed so hard to get there and make sure that we were ready for Perth I think it was just the perfect reintroduction I had been to the track before I had experience there even though it had been so long ago I had had two races there before it was just a really good track I you know I went there with knowledge of the track even though I watched data and I had footage that I was watching I didn't overly worry about the track itself it was more just myself I had to focus on which was a great thing yeah. Um, do you uh, look back fondly at your time, say, driving in supercars when you were the Nissans and, and those things? Yes, yeah. Looking back on it, I wish, I, I always say, this is the story I tell everybody, I said, I wish my 
future Renee could go back and tell that Renee at the time that this is going to be some of the best moments and memories of your life and some of the coolest stuff you're ever going to do. I wish I could have told myself to really enjoy it a bit more. I think those times it was so busy and so much media and so intense and the pressure and the training, there was obviously things that would just take away from the small moments where I didn't get to, you know, really take them in and enjoy them as much. And I probably, you know, I wish I took more photos and I wish I took more videos and I wish I got to, wish my dad came and I wish I got to really probably enjoy the smaller things over the whole weekends, obviously back to back and year on year. You look back on it and go, if I could only have just told myself to appreciate a few more things or if I only realised how important this moment in time was going to be, I wish I could have gone back and told myself that definitely. Have you had much contact, if any, with Simona? Uh, no, not really since it's all been over, to be honest. I haven't. She moved after she did the supercar here and then she's moved back overseas again. So yeah, yeah. we got along really well. I have nothing against Simona. She's, I always saw her as sort of maybe in the class above me in, in a way, you know, just with her history and where she was at. She was super professional. Um, when she came in to do the 1000s and stuff, she was just straight, eyes forward, straight on the, her eyes were on the prize. I, d I don't know. You probably weren't watching motor racing but when Newcastle came around for the first time that mm -hmm. she was on a level playing field mm -hmm. she taught a whole bunch of guys how to do passes down the seaside at Newcastle yeah she's she, very skilled super yeah, professional was, yeah and, and when I was racing with her I picked that up so I always felt that she was sort of a class above me so I do definitely think maybe I didn't retain a friendship or a relationship maybe because I thought she was just better than me and I just thought maybe she she didn't think that I was sort of you know, I just, she was up here and I was down here and I just, I guess I was probably maybe a bit nervous or, I don't know, it was it was a weird thing. I had a lot of respect for Simona, I think, and I just definitely thought we were probably in two different worlds and two different categories of racing car driver at the time and I probably should have gone to more efforts to maintain a relationship, but I didn't. Oh, okay, well, this is always the future, so. That's yeah, it, yeah. exactly. Um, I, I don't know if I've really read it or I imagined it. I thought at some stage she said she'd like to come back and do Bathurst again. Yes, the recently, yes. She, she did? That was recent, correct, yeah. 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 Okay, yep. all right. And, of course, she's getting ready for an Indy 500. Yeah, which is huge. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah she's busy. Um, just thinking of that, um, the, the first time I met Scotty McLaughlin was at Hamilton at a go-kart track. Mm. And I travelled down from uh, Auckland Airport with Jason Bright. And Chris, of course, was there mm -hmm. because Scotty was being introduced to Jason as a, a new member of the Fujitsu team. Yes, yeah. And, and I remember him... Uh, he was, it was like a puppy dog. He was, his tongue was hanging out, you know, just as keen as mustard and yeah. everything like that. Um, so um, you've had the, the back introduction now, of, you know, back in the racing world, mm -hmm. in GTs, where you've got that combination of professionals and amateurs. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that in itself, you have to sort of work out who's who and where you fit in it and all those sort of things. Are you more comfortable this weekend than in Perth? Yes, yes, substantially. I think now that I've seen everybody and everybody's seen me, I think it's everybody getting used to me being back here and obviously the operation that we're running for people to realise it's just a normal operation. We're here to go racing again. There's nothing nothing different to what we used to do back in the day. We're just yep. redoing it again six years later. So I think I'm getting used to everyone. Everyone's used to me. It's definitely a great round. Being a non-supercar round, being a bit quieter as well, I feel like it's good because I've got more time to focus on, on yeah, what we're here to not do. Not being distracted 
no media there. and all the craziness as well. And that's been really great to make me feel a lot more comfortable as well. Where are you going after here? What's your next meeting? We're at Sydney Motorsport Park next for and the then... Supercar Round for GT. And then we're off to Queensland Raceway in August for another Speed Series okay, round. Okay, well, somewhere between now and the end of the year, I hope that we can sit down and have another chat and see how much more comfortable you are with it all. Hopefully a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Thanks very much, Riley Gracie, for joining us inside Motorsport. In the Fantech GT World Challenge Australia, powered by AWS, the race one was claimed by Ross Polkus and Jaden O'Jada, and they managed to get the win because the car of Yasser Shahin and Garnet Patterson was penalised by five seconds due to it being determined to be travelling too slowly when the safety car was withdrawn. The elevation of the Harrods Volant Rosso Mercedes gave the pair a first win for the team and for the Mercedes in this year's championship. Stephen and Brenton Grove, who will be hearing in later shows of Inside Motorsport, were elevated to second position, having started way back in 21st. In the second race... It was the Jamek Racing Audi of Jeff Emery, a long-time supporter of GT Racing in Australia, and Max Hoffer, who had a dominant win in the final race at Phillip Island. That's all we have time for on this edition of Inside Motorsport. We'll be back with a look at the TA2 action from Phillip Island next show. Until then, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.